I don't know why, but I've always sat on this side. And y'all notice Tyler always sits over here, so I, y'all notice I sat on this side. Did that, did that scare y'all? I mean, I've never seen some of you people over here. I looked over here and there with some of you. It's just different. But y'all do the same thing. You sit in, in a general area every Sunday. So next Sunday, don't sit where you normally sit. I want every one of you to sit on it. Look at Chris. It's going, no way. You can't do it. Don't really do it. it would, I, I wouldn't know where you were because a lot of times I look and go, yeah, they're here. They're, they're here. I see them. Anyway, I don't know why I thought of that. but Have your Bibles. I'll be looking at Matthew in just a moment. Before you put that up, Chris, let me share a few words. I've already prayed a couple of times just because of the sensitivity of the subject matter. I've, prayed, I've preached on this before, but the power of forgiveness. How many times have you asked God to forgive you? And then there's the power, absolute power of unforgiveness. We've, we've had to deal with both. It gets complicated within families. I've been preaching sermons that deal with family and family issues because of the fight that was series we've been having on Wednesday night. So this sermon comes out of this. And again, it's not anything new. It's something we have to deal with all the time. Forgiveness, unforgiveness. Probably four years ago, maybe three and a half, I, Jane Newman, our financial secretary, and I, we were sharing with one another. We were counseling each other, just life and family and issues. And she said, I've got a word that I really like. It's the word convoluted. I said, I like that word. I like that word. Some of our lives and our families can get so convoluted. You know what that word means? I looked it up, if you don't know, and you may use the word, it was new to me. It can mean very complex. It can also mean tangled, really tangled up. For you fishermen, I went fishing yesterday morning in Gunnersville. I was with a professional bass fisherman guy, that a friend of mine. And Anyway, sometimes when you use a bait caster, the fishing line can get so entangled. You've ever, ever had a backlash. Mike knows exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes those backlashes, I mean, and you're just sitting there and you're looking at your reel and they're just lying everywhere. Trying to get it all sorted back out can be very convoluted. If that doesn't relate to you, here's this story. I raised a daughter, Audra, who had very long hair. My wife has beautiful long hair. And through years, I've had to clean the drain out in the shower. I must not be the only one. I mean, when you pull that out of there, Lord, help me, Jesus. I mean, you go into prayer mode, because if you see something move in that, you know it's serious. But it's so, it's just all tangled and messed up, and sometimes our lives get that way. Sometimes we hurt people, or we get hurt, and um, then we hear these words that Jesus said. This is in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and 15. Listen to how serious it is. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God, that's deep. He could have left out that second verse. But it's not the only time he puts it like that. There's several times. So, so we know that forgiveness is important. 
But we see how powerful it is, extremely powerful. And do not forgive, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Oh, my goodness, that makes unforgiveness extremely powerful. Let me share a story with you, a simple story. Uh, and by the way, we've got these new mics, and I have a fat head, so that's why I keep looking to my ears. It won't stay on. That's why I keep doing that, if you're wondering. I'm going to get it fixed before next week. Story in the devotion book, I think the title of the book, J.M. Ferraro, I think I'm saying her name right. She shares a story in Life on Purpose. One day, when my son was only about six years old, he came home from school without his lunchbox. I asked him where it was. When he said he didn't know, I suggested that he mentally retrace his steps. As my son got more and more confused, I got more and more angry. He seemed like he was always misplacing something. And for me, this was the last straw. I told him that when he went to school the following day, he better go to the office and you better check the lost and found. Well, over the next few days, my son tried everything to find that lunchbox without success. I was really disgusted with him and I made sure that he knew it. Then one evening I opened one of my kitchen cabinets and I was horrified when I discovered the missing lunchbox inside. I had packed my son's lunch and then instead of handing it to him as he walked out the door, I put it in one of the cabinets. With a heavy heart, I approached my son and I asked him to forgive me for accusing him of losing his lunchbox. She said, without a moment's hesitation, he threw his little arms around my neck and he kissed me and he exclaimed to me, that's okay, mama. It is a lesson in forgiveness that I have never forgotten. Many of you have experienced very similar things. I've got two kids, different personalities. I've had to go to Dave more often than Audra because of my fit of anger and frustration and go, I'm so sorry, son. I did it wrong. say this to youth that are here, students parents are not perfect people can I get an amen from all the teenagers or anybody, yes, you're, but you're not parents are not perfect people so perhaps you need to forgive your parents because we don't get a manual on this thing to get it all perfectly right, we're, we're working at it day by day and sometimes we mess up we need you to forgive us sometimes. And it goes both ways. I realize, though, that the issue that you may be dealing with may be a whole lot bigger than a lunchbox. Right now, as an adult, you may need to forgive your mom or your dad. As I prayed over this, I even thought, God, there's probably somebody here that their parents are dead. Your mom and dad may be dead, and you need to forgive them. Get with Jesus and work that out. But you may need to forgive them. And I say this to young parents. You may need to go to your child. Don't get too big for your britches. When you make a mistake, it's not wrong for you to go to them and admit that you were wrong and just tell them. So you may need to go to your child and admit you were wrong. You may need to ask them for forgiveness. Again, I've had to and some of you have had to do the same thing. Every human being, every human being eventually faces the decision 
to either forgive or not forgive. You have that power. That decision carries with it a, a great deal of not only power, but also consequences. And a lot of times we think of consequences in the negative, and there are some negative consequences to not forgiving. But there's also some beautiful consequences to forgiving and letting go. The joy that it brings for you. Every family, including the one that you're a part of, has is or is going to be faced with a choice to deal with either forgiving or not forgiving. And the truth is, oftentimes, and it makes sense, we usually end up hurting the people that we're the closest to, but again, it makes sense. You're dealing with some of the more internal, real issues in life with those you're closest to, so it makes natural sense that those might be the ones that you have to deal with forgiveness with. Families couldn't exist without forgiveness. There wouldn't be any. Listen to what Romans 12 says, verses 18 through 21. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. and Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. I like verse 18. It does give us an if. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all people. Because the truth is, you may have to forgive a person, but you might not end up being their long lost buddy. In fact, that even can happen with families. I know some of you dread to see the holidays coming because somebody's going to be there. So if it possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all people. But beloved, do not avenge yourselves. This is important. Don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For his so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his or her head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And sometimes that's hard to live out. It's very difficult. Some of you have seen the signs around church that say Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's a play. We've got some in our church that are part of it. I have never seen the play, but I've asked two or three people that have seen it more than once, and they highly recommend it. It does kind of come in, it's a musical, and it comes in kind of from the back door of the story. But it's based on the story out of Joseph in Genesis 37 through 50. And we're given all these details about Joseph and his brothers and his family. And y'all know, you don't get very far in the Bible. You've got some families that are pretty messed up. The first one, a brother kills Cain and Abel. we got murder. And then we've got Esau and Jacob and the parents showing favorite over the kids. All that's a part mixed into the story. And then we get a long story about Joseph. You remember the story. Joseph's the one that's got the 12 brothers. Now Benjamin comes along later, but he's got 11 brothers. And they don't like Joseph. They're jealous. Extremely jealous of him. They hate him. So they end up putting him in a pit. They're going to kill him. But then they see a caravan going by to Egypt say, hey, 
Why don't we sell it and make some money off of him? Lie to our daddy so they take the coat and put blood on it. Yeah, he's dead. He's gone. They sold him. They kept that secret within their family. And go figure, it's through this family that God ordains and blesses a nation called Israel. Through this weird, messed up family. Kind of like ours sometimes. But God uses that. And eventually, Joseph, if you've read the story, if you haven't, read it. Joseph ends up, he gets in the hierarchy of the Egyptian people, so he's got power. And he looks because there's a famine in the land, and those 11 boys walk in hungry, and he sees them. Now, he doesn't immediately forgive them. You, you read in there, him working through that, but eventually you see that moment where he forgives his brothers. What if he had not forgiven them? Did the Bible end it in Genesis? Who's the fault? But he does. He forgives them. Forgiveness is very powerful. There are some areas regarding forgiveness that we must wait on God to defend and rescue us. Sometimes we plunge ahead and we try to fight our own battles. And as a result, we forfeit the victories and the blessings that God had in store for us as a reward for trusting him. We've all done it. We've not trusted God. I'll take care of this. I'll let them know. I'll give them a piece of my mind. Wait on God. Let God work it out. We need to remind ourselves that just because we let someone off the hook for wronging us, that does not mean that they're off God's hook. we got to let God handle it. I know that I've said this before in speaking on this subject, but when we forgive those who hurt us, we are not excusing their actions. And I know that this is sensitive. I know probably some of you are thinking, you don't have a clue what I've been through, preacher. Well, you don't have a clue what I've been through. We've all been through stuff. But I know what God's word says. And I've lived on both sides of it, and some of you have too. When we forgive those who hurt us, we aren't excusing their actions. We're just forgiving them as an act of obedience to God. And we're trusting God to deal with them. We cannot expect our feelings to help us. A lot of times the pain hurts so bad, your feelings aren't going to help you. You've got to stick with the facts and what God's Word says. We do it out of an act of faith. We do it out of an act of our will. After we make the decision to forgive, often our emotions will fall in line. And many of you can testify to that. In fact, many of you are still in church today because you forgave. You let go of the pain. Ephesians 4, 32 that I read earlier, be gentle with one another, sensitive, forgiving one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Let me go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Forgiveness is never mentioned in here, but theologically this is a deep passage of Scripture, but it deals with all of our relationships and everything. Here's what it says in Hebrews 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Now that word holiness is also translated sanctification. Somewhere in this, you need help from the Holy Spirit. Only He can sanctify. We are holy because He is holy. 
So sanctification is mixed in this healing. I walk around, I'm, I'm dealing with hate and anger in my life, and it'll take, it'll, it'll take its toll on you physically. I'm looking for healing, live at peace with all people, and holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. Looking carefully, verse 15, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You mean it's possible for us to fall short of the grace of God? Well, that's what it implies. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. When bitterness begins to take root in our hearts, it can cause poison, it can do that spiritually, and it can make us even physically and emotionally sick. It can also open the door for satanic attack, Ephesians 4. We see all those issues in there. Satan has a heyday with all these families. And unforgiveness, oh my goodness, he knows how powerful it is. Because he can ruin people's lives with it. That's why Jesus said, unless you forgive others their trespasses, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you. That's why Jesus is so serious about it. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. But if you don't forgive their sins... What are you going to do with them? Forgiveness is, in fact, a process. It can be a fast process, but it may be a process that takes times and, and we just simply can't rush it. We can make the decision to forgive, which is our part, and which the Lord will not do for us. You have to make a decision to forgive. But then we must rely on God to give us the divine enablement which is grace, to let go of the hurt, to let go of the anger, I let go of the jealousy, I let go of the bitterness. Because if we continue to let it fester, you continue to let it fester in your mind and in your conversations all the time, you keep bringing them up, what happens is that you just keep on bleeding. And I know because I've bled before. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of us in here bled over things and we just keep bleeding. And I'm confessing to you it ain't pretty. I've had to ask God, God help me. Help me to forgive them for this. You have to. Some of you have experienced it. But oh, when you let go of it, you step out in faith and you trust God. It's amazing how powerful forgiveness is. And the work that God can do within the human heart when the Holy Spirit comes on the inside and pushes out all that bitterness that you don't have to bleed the rest of your life. Don't bleed. It's not worth it. Forgive them. Let it go. Let God help you through the power of his sanctifying work. Holy Spirit, I give this to you. I don't want to hold on to bitterness. I don't want to bleed the rest of my life. I prayed over this sermon. I, I pray that some of you will be set free today. Remind you that the Lord's Prayer that we prayed a while ago built into the DNA of the Lord's Prayer are these words. Father, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see, there was a no trespassing sign. Somebody went past that sign. Do I forgive? Do I not forgive? 
In Matthew, the 18th chapter, Jesus took calculus at Galilee County High School. You remember the story. Peter came up and said, uh, about this forgiveness thing, how many times we got to do it? Seven? And then he kind of made himself feel better by saying seven times seven. And Jesus said, no, I say unto you, seventy times seven. And if you do the calculus, you do the math, you know that's about 490. Did I do that right? Can you imagine if God said, I'm going to give you 490 times, so some of you are on 489 right now. So you're hoping he didn't really mean 490 times. And we know he meant as often as we come to God and are sincere and humble ourselves and are willing to repent, our God is willing to forgive us. But he says, I want you to be these kind of people. I want you to operate in this. And one of the reasons he does it is not to say that you were done wrong. But vengeance is mine. Let me handle it. You give it to me. You let go and stop bleeding. Will you bow your heads? Here's a prayer that I wrote, and I'll add just a few words to it. But maybe this is your prayer. I'm going to pray it as if I'm praying it. But maybe you can pray it in your own way right now in your mind because I'm praying again that maybe somebody will be set free today. Dear Jesus, please help me forgive others and also to forgive myself. If there's any bitterness within me caused by unforgiveness, please God, please Holy Spirit, help me to let it go. I don't want to keep bleeding. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come inside my heart afresh and in you. Holy Spirit, I invite you to remove and heal any area within me that contains any anger and hurt and jealousy toward others. Please, Holy Spirit, come in and do a work in me and restore the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a closing hymn.